This episode of Naval Gazing is sponsored by valleygivesback.org. Adding a Valley charity to your estate plan creates a lasting legacy that tells future generations what causes matter to you. Your action will inspire others to follow your lead and make a difference. With a plan gift, you have the power to impact the Valley community forever without affecting your current lifestyle. Learn more at valleygivesback.org, an initiative of the Valley Community Foundation. Plan now, give later, and impact tomorrow at valleygivesback.org. For hundreds of years we brought you the news. For the info we gave you the clues. Owners' profits were always sky high. Hey everybody, welcome to Naval Gazing, the Valley Indies weekly talk show. My name is Eugene Driscoll. I'm a valleyindie.org, a nonprofit online newspaper covering a bunch of towns in the lower Naugatuck Valley of Connecticut. This episode, by the way, is brought to you by valleygivesback.org. Go check out that website. So today, our guests are Derby Mayor Rich Zekin and his Chief of Staff, Andrew Backlick. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Good morning, Eugene. Good morning, Eugene. Thank you for having us. No problem. My pleasure. We're going to be talking Derby issues for the next 30 minutes or so. I put out a call for readers if they had any questions. Uh, And I hope it's something maybe we can do once a month or once every couple of months uh, to talk to the people of Derby. I think this is a good way to communicate. Uh, It's more in-depth. And uh, we just need people to listen a little bit. No, absolutely. More. I mean, that's what our uh, Facebook and our social media we've been doing. We've been actually reaching out to a lot more and getting a lot of responses back. So we're getting our, our message across, which is really good. Yeah. What? How do you find your page on Facebook? What is it? Just Mayor Rich Zekin, I guess, if you search that. Yes. Uh, we have the Mayor Rich Zekin page, which we, uh, we use, obviously, to communicate any happenings in town um so far obviously we've had some some snow issues and things like that so it's just another tool in addition to the city website that we've kind of been utilizing to uh get the message out to people because nowadays it seems most people get their news from from online i know personally i get most of my news from valley indy for instance so all right we always like a nice little free plug there for eugene what are you Uh, running for mayor yeah no not at all supporting (laughs) this guy but uh but that being said you know it's been valuable for us to use that medium uh to get our message as as you can see the police department obviously just started their page yeah Yeah. Yeah, i think for some of the same reasons you know to have a two-way conversation with people a lot of times we'll get and obviously both zeke and i monitor his his page and we'll get inbox messages from people with more specific issues and requests and i think the the pd will probably have some of those those uh same conversations coming in which is good it's it's just a good way to remain connected yeah absolutely especially with the police department being a former officer and, and a lot of your questions can get answered by just emailing directly or on Facebook to the, to the officers, and they can get right back to you. So it's a, it's a great tool, even with my office too, with the Facebook page. It's um, a lot of the instant messages coming our way, and and we solve the problem as quick as we possibly can. As soon as we know about it, we're on it, and it's like we can't fix it if we don't know about it. So that's the main thing. Uh, that's what I love about it. I put out a note just this morning, and we're recording this on Thursday, January eighteenth. I hope. 
uh, we put out a call. Hey, did anybody have any questions for the mayor? Which is cool. Uh, you know, God bless America, democracy, and, uh, and transparency. So the first question we had was from Joanna Elizabeth. This was on our Facebook page. And actually, I thought this was a great question. She said, uh, and I'll just uh, try to boil it down. She uh, sounds like she wa- works or walks from the Derby Shelton Bridge to Home Depot, and there's those decorative lights that are along Main Street there, and a lot of them over the years hit by trucks or vandalized or whatever. A lot of them are missing bulbs. And she's saying, does the city have any plans or the state or whoever maintains those lights to, to fix them because it's dark at night? That whole lighting program or has to do with also with the Route 34 widening program. So we're basically we're kind of sitting back, and I think the previous administration was – Fixing them as they go until the widening program takes effect in the state was going to uh, repair or, or put new ones replace, in there, yeah. replace all okay. the new ones in there. So uh, Sherman's Tap House just went in, and two of them in front of their building were out. And we were there on the grand opening, sent the electrician over there to uh, check on them and got those two working. So, like, this is what I'm talking about. I need to know what's going on. Sometimes I don't drive through her at night. Mm-hmm. Or oh, you just don't notice. It's like one of those things. I don't know. I mean, there. I can't yeah, fix yeah. it if I don't know. So um, I'm getting a hold of public works director and we'll be sending out the electrician to see if there's something that we could possibly do. And safety is a big issue. That's being an officer. Like I said, I'm going to say that a lot. I'm always I'm safety, safety, and we need to get some lights out there for our uh, residents to it walk. It does make, and those, the new LED light, I, I think they're LED lights. Yes. yes. I, those went out, like I live on Hawthorne Avenue uh, uh, towards kind of Nutmeg Avenue and those are so much better than the old lights. So Just, you like them, yeah. You can look out and see what's going on. Because we get, I mean, that's a, that's a lot of people walking by all the time. And I've never had any kind of incidents. Nobody's right. burglarized my house. Like well, and, and but it's, you, it's good to see, you know. As you said that, I'm glad you, you brought that up. Because <clears throat> we've had a couple of complaints on those lights that they're too bright. Like some people's I, decks are right there. Yeah, I guess. But I what we can do, and I'm glad you mentioned that, is that they have these filters or these shades that they can put on the light themselves to dim them a little bit. So if anybody or any of your listeners are having an issue, uh, all the aldermen know it, and they can just um, reach out to the aldermen or reach out to my office, and we have a direct line to uh, UI, and they'll go to that. I need the poll number, an address, and a poll number. The poll number is the best thing, and where the light is on, and then UI will go there, dim it for them. But uh, dim it or, or divert the light to a different direction. It's not shining directly right. in your bedroom. Those those types of things. But you know, back to the, the lights on thirty four. You know, they did that. Those things were, were very ornate. But unfortunately, due to car accidents, some other things, they've been affected. And I yeah. guess the it's bulbs, a busy road. It's, it's a very busy happen. road, obviously. But yeah. the 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 lights themselves, the bulbs themselves, I guess, are super expensive and are also out of they're out of date. And now they were going to these old LEDs that are green and efficient for us to replace those bulbs at you know hypothetically, I'm just throwing a number out there, three four hundred dollars a pop, and then they're bulbs that either burn out or are no good or are uh, you know it's cost prohibitive for us when we look at the 34 widening project. We're hoping to be happening at the beginning of 2019. All those lights, everything will be replaced by the state. So I'm hoping the lights from the LEDs that you, you I had just put in will throw enough light to, to help the current dimness down there. But like the mayor said, if we realize, I will walk down there tonight. We'll take a look. And if we realize that it's really a dangerous situation for people, they don't feel safe, then maybe there's a couple of them in key areas where you know, we, we Make need a to look into a difference, you know, yeah. replacing the bulbs. For sure. And I should just mention, if you go to derbyct.gov, that's the city of Derby's official website. On the left-hand side, uh, towards the bottom, uh, right above the mayor's corner, there's report a problem. You can actually click on that. And uh, items like this, you can 
send your send an email in and it, it goes people actually it goes to a human being it actually comes to me our stuff we just ignore yeah. we are contact us no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it comes to me and, oh no kidding uh we've had um one was about the assessment on the property one of them was a the property was sold but it wasn't transferred over to the proper name so certainly things like that which i can direct it to the right department they get back to me they get back to that person and it's settled and that's it Mayor Tegan, how do you like being a mayor so far? How is it like, how is your life? This is just random, but because, yeah, because you went, I mean, now you're, you're, you're fielding emails from constituents all day, I suppose. What's it like to be mayor? A general open question like that. I love it. Yeah, I love working with people. Um, you know, you get some complaints and some unhappy residents, but generally everything has been going pretty well. And I, I you know, I walk in that office, I'm like, wow, I made it up here, you know, and my buddies and my friends come in. And they're like, wow, you did good. So now continue and start moving forward. And that's, that's what I plan on doing. But feels great, Eugene. And then, okay, this is from Michael Egan, who I think is, a, this is again, from Facebook. I think, Ethan, he's an Ansonia resident, right? Yeah. Uh, he says, uh, this is sort of a funny question. How soon Birmingham? Or, and at first we didn't know what he was talking about, but then Ethan figured it out because he's much more educated uh, than I am consolidation or or joint services or whatever we call it regionalization he's asking about has there been any uh progress to sort of save taxpayer money by doing some things with antonia seymour shelton or what have you to uh, to combine some stuff yes we just had a meeting a couple weeks ago uh antonia came in um we got ideas of certain positions possibly joint services use one department head for two, de- two departments, uh, share their salaries. I mean, the cities will still keep their own individuality. I mean, we're not going to go to a different name or incorporate into a different name. But we're still going to be Derby. They're still going to be Ansonia. But if there's a way to save people money, I mean, if we don't need two people doing the same job, one person can do both jobs or you're going to assist it on both sides, I think it, it, it makes sense. Um, but we need – Derby's small. We, we really don't have a lot of room to expand. I mean, the downtown area, that's, you know, that's one part that we're looking at. We do have another 15 properties that we found that we're in the process of getting rid of it. But we need to do more for our residents. And I think if we can consolidate a couple positions and, and, and get it going that way, I think it's a great thing. That's an interesting point you bring up about – I mean, Derby is fully developed. I mean, I think people, when we talk about the downtown redevelopment project, yeah, it's been going on a long time. It's a long time coming. But uh, even if that's built, even if we get 16 Apple stores and Bill Gates moves in there, there's only so much that does to the mill rate and to, and to revenue. Uh, so it's not like we're going to be, this, you know, we'll all have pay no taxes if that's developed. So you have to, even with that, you still have to find ways to, to sort of tighten the belt, tighten especially because the, the state, yeah. the state woes are not going away. It's, we're, all, we're in a whole new era of uh, uh, financial hardship, it seems to some extent. At least that's what Kurt Miller says well, up in Seymour. And the state has kind of mandated to smaller municipalities like us to start getting creative and, and start looking into some shared services. So we've done that. We've taken that that very seriously. Uh, we had a meeting with Representative uh, Linda Gentile um, in Ansonia, probably the first week where we uh, we were in City Hall uh, to talk about these things because fiscal year 2019 does not look good for the state as a whole. So what can we do on our end to kind of, again, tighten the belt, trim the fat, whatever you want to say. Um, and, and we're considering all those things. We're, we're 
We're taking meetings with Antonio, with um, with Seymour, with Shelton, with anybody around us who, um, you know, if we have something good that they can utilize and they have something good that we can utilize, we are uh, we're on board with any and all of the above ideas. And I saw a comment somewhere on our page from Tom Lainetti who said, hey, when what if we close the sewer plant in Derby, move that thing to Ansonia, tear that down, put some condos, restaurants yeah. uh, in that area. Yeah. There is There are talks among uh, the two WPCAs. I know that there's a study going on. What's the status right. of that study about whether to, well, what can we do with the two well, uh, that PCAs? That study is part of, we're part of a study with five municipalities up and down the Naugatuck River. Um, basically, Derby's the last stop on that line. We're at the confluence of the two rivers, so... Uh, we don't know what that study is going to say. It's not going to be done for another year, 18 months. Um, okay. I'm not sure about the exact timetable. But right now, for us to say pump our sewage to um, Ansonia is is cost prohibitive, and we certainly don't have the money to do it. If this study comes back and says that it's best for the five communities along the Naugatuck River for Derby to be kind of the hub and then pump to Ansonia, then maybe the state picks up that bill and great grand wonderful. But as of right now, you know, our, our plant itself is... In, in not in in the best shape and certainly out out of date and I know you, you talked about maybe having a conversation with Jack Walsh I think he can probably illuminate that a little bit more. He's the chairman of the WPCA, right? So I'm going to try to interview later today, possibly possibly make it the second part of uh, this podcast. But, so. Yeah. So any any kind of solution or change. Uh, uh, systemically or structurally in the WPCA, that's years down the road. It's at least a year away before we get a study saying if it's Correct. even worth pursuing. For sure. But we, meanwhile, we're working on those pump stations, the Roosevelt by, uh, Drive Pump Station, which will pump from Roosevelt closer to Bad Sons up to the treatment plant, which is down through downtown. And that was um, that problematic one that would just overflow every time it rained right, right. to the Houston so There were some issues Correct. about that, but they're, they're working on that. We've got two engineering firms working on that right now. So that should be, that's, I believe, out to bid or about to be out to bid. Um, so short of that, I mean, in terms of the, we're, right now, the sewage, the sewage treatment plant is, is status quo until we, we get the results of that study. We really can't do anything. So, Okay. And then this is a question from a reader. It came in through a Facebook message. I didn't, I believe her first name was Elizabeth. I apologize for not having your last name in front of me. But she said, what will you make of that Derby downtown parcel now that that eyesore is gone? And she suggests a playground, gazebo, park trails, tables and benches, beautiful landscaping. Uh, so it, it, we've written about this issue since the day we launched in 2009 about what to do with the redevelopment zone. So uh, this, it, it, but people, uh, I don't think people follow the process because it's been going on for so long. So uh, I'm almost answering the question for you, but I'll let you guys. <laughs> Thank you, Eugene. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, first off, I'm just glad that Derby Feed Monument is gone. I mean, I, I, we've been looking at it long enough. Uh, since 1973, we have people down there talking about it, how they built it, how they worked down there. So it was interesting, but I'm glad it's gone now. And the next step now is the levee system down there. We have to up, we have to bring it back up to a, a satisfactory condition. Right now, it's unsatisfactory. So let me just let me just jump in because I, I I get confused because I'm a moron. But no, you're all not. right. So, <laughs> so and just for our readers, we're talking about the redevelopment zone. It stretches essentially. It's on the south side of Main Street between Route 34 in Derby and the Housatonic River. It stretches from the Derby Shelton Bridge all the way down to the former Life Touch property, essentially. And then within that, uh, the mayor's talking about just the other day off Caroline Street at the former Derby Feed property, which is now owned by the city because, uh, as a result of an out-of-court settlement. Uh, they tore down this old silo, which was about four stories uh, high. 
And there is a, pr- a plan in place that was put together over the last couple of years, prior administration and citizen input. But one thing that you're now doing is talking to the Army Corps of Engineers because there's a levy system yes. right there. Right alongside the Housatonic River okay. right there. So over the past 30 years, maintenance was supposed to be maintained on it, and you know, the ball was dropped. So that's that was then. Now we have a study coming up to – Get us in good graces with the Army Corps because they don't want us to fail. They know we want to do something there. So if we can get, bring it back up to where it's supposed to be, we could start moving on with our mapping and start getting those parcels that we own down there and get the um, developers to come in here and look at it and see what they want to build. So baby steps we got to do. So we got that silo down. It was in the way, but it's out. So mm. the levy system next, once we get that mapping, parceling, getting the people in here to look at it and see what they want to build. And then in the meantime, the, the widening pro, pro project for Route 34 is in the process, plus the Derby Shelton Bridge. So it's going to be a one smooth, flowing uh, pedestrian pra- uh, traffic coming in. That's what we want to turn d- downtown Derby into. And do you know, because uh, I think that, that thing fell down, and it was great video. Thank you for uh, for supplying the valley. No problem. Because uh, it, so, it fell down so fast, I was still <laughs> spinning to get online. So our video went, on, went live. The thing had already fallen. We, like, pranked 14,000 people, it looked like. <laughs> uh, but I think people were like, oh, it's, oh, there must be something coming right away. But that's it's a really complicated as as you I mean you just hear yeah. of all the things you just wrapped this is a it, it's there's a lot there's and, a the, lot the levy system with with bringing the army corps engineers in it sounds like they're saying all right hey you got this plan but hold on a second you've right. got to make repairs to the levies right. or well, are they and how long is it going to take for them to do whatever they so, have to do so to be honest you know we have that that, that dpz u-shaped plan which has been floated for the last few years mm-hmm. and uh has kind of morphed into a couple different different versions of and has kind of uh worked in conjunction with and sometimes in opposition with the 34 widening project um and and for for what we're finding out basically is if you were to take that u-shaped plan that dpz plan that that you know a lot of money was paid for and drop it on a flat surface on monopoly board it is a great plan unfortunately that's not what exists down there we have engineering issues we have slope issues we have issues with the levy that are prohibitive from us moving forward with that plan in its current state. It's a great plan on, again, if we just were to drop it in the middle of a parking lot, but that's not the top topography down there does not allow for some of the things that that plan called for. And, uh, you know, until we remediate the issues with the levy, which mostly have to do with curtain drains and, and different things inside that may be in great shape, but we need an engineering firm to look at it, tell us what needs to be done, then work with our public works department to actually do the legwork to make sure it's in 100% working uh, and it's acceptable. Uh, it's got an acceptable rating per the Army Corps of Engineers. Now, the funny thing is, per FEMA, we are 10 feet above the floodplain. That that area essentially will never flood. The flood of 55, um, hmm. we're 10 feet above where that was, and that was such an that's was such an aberration. So we're good from a flooding perspective and all that stuff, but just the guts of that levee and the, the drainage system inside, internal stuff, no one's looked at in 30 years because, frankly, nothing's been done down there. So we just kept passing it off, passing it off, passing and, it off. And also, we, we don't know how close to the levee we can build. Right. So there's there's so many unknowns down there. Once we get this, then you 
you know, present it to these people and be like, this is what you could build here. This is the potential size of these lots and stuff. I mean, I'm hoping we can go as close as we can to the levy, but we won't know until the Army Corps tells us. Have they given any indication, the Army Corps of Engineers, as to when they'll complete their review and you'll well, know? We have, we have our punch list of what needs to be done. Okay. So, so we're in the process of presenting that to the Board of Ed, or I'm sorry, Board of Aldermen, to get the approvals to move forward with the study and... Uh, and, and you know, fix these problems that we have there. Yes. And that's going that, to do, is there any federal funds or grant money available to pay for that stuff? Is it all being borne by the city? We will look into all of the above. At this point, uh, you know, the Army Corps of Engineers is the federal government. They're requiring this, so I don't think they're going to pay us to meet their requirement. But at the same time, what we do realize is they are— Although that's where, like, the money from 34 is eventually expansions. Correct. So, but, if they, but the point is, if they see us putting in an effort on, again, something that's been ignored for 30 years, and we show them that that's important to us and that this development is important to us— then I, they may jog along the process right. in their own way. We have we don't have direct contact with the Army Corps. We work with our engineering firm, who will then present the work that needs to be done, and then that will hopefully satisfy the Army Corps. And then we, we contact them. And what the engineering them. firm said too that they are happy that we are progressing towards getting this stuff done. So they're they're not going to push us back and say no. You can't. No, they're glad we're doing this, and they're they're actually going to w- walk us through this. So the Army Corps is, you know, they're, they're for us, so which is good. And is there any chance, you think, because now that the city did uh, spend grant money for that T- DPZ plan and it was reviewed and, uh, and approved by the city's planning commission, um, once you complete the punch list, however long that will take, will that, is that plan still workable or was that a complete waste of time the last two years? We hope it's still workable. Um, okay. I think a lot of it is going to depend on the levy because the, the problem is if, if we are not allowed to build up to the levy, that, that U-shaped road, if you remember, if you have seen a picture of it, goes pretty close to that levy. So if they say, oh, no, you have to be 60 yards away from that levy, does that U-shaped road get pushed further towards 34? Or to cut something out. Yeah, I, right. we, we don't know the, the answer to that. Really, it's all, all contingent on the levy. There's also some sloping issues coming down from Elizabeth um, onto, into the redevelopment zone. Um, it's so, like a twenty-something degree. You know, there, there's like yeah. certain requirements per DOT that you need to, you know, satisfy in order to put a road, you know, going downwards. It can't be going straight down. In other words, so what um, I love about this, this was just all prompted by a question: uh, Are you going to put playground <laughs> in there? Yeah, but well, that, that, that illustrates how complicated it is. Very complicated. It yes. is. There will so. be some dedication to open space. I do know that, but you know, the, the the bottom line is we're not here to play Monopoly and we're not here to play Sim City. We're not. We don't build what goes there. We don't decide that. We, we mm-hmm. will hopefully have a very qualified developer take either bits and pieces of that land each and, and all work together, or maybe one developer who says, hey, I have deep pockets. I want that whole thing. This is what I want to put there. We'll leave that to the professional people who do this for a living to say what will really work there. And we'll also make sure it's within the scope of meeting the city's needs for, for that development. How about in terms of just any other economic activity going on uh, in the city of Derby? One thing uh, that I, I have, I've, I've done the story, I've done the research, I just have to write it and I haven't had a chance yet, so I apologize to uh, Frank Pepe, who was asking me about it the other day. Where's the story? 150 Roosevelt Drive. Correct. Derby Cellular Products, it used to be. Uh, then it was like bank owned for a while. There's some construction activity yes. going, and this is right across from the Dewdrop Inn on North Avenue. If anyone is unfamiliar, yes, uh, uh, it's kind of a, a neat little project that's going on back there. 
Is there anything you can tell us? Well, Frank Pepe, it? who's a local contractor in town, called and he said, hey, I'm taking the demo in the building in the back. And we didn't know anything about it, so I naturally I went down there because I was curious. And then uh, he told me the new owners down there are planning on um, – Aquariums? Yeah, yeah. He, it, it's it's interesting. Uh, the man's name is Zhu, Z H O U, I believe, and he's from uh, Long Island, originally from from China. And mm-hmm. I guess he's sort of growing up. He, he somehow learned, or his family was into building uh, giant fish tanks. Fish tank. and these okay, are things like you'll see them in hotels. Yes. Take up an entire wall. Chinese restaurants. Yes. Uh, so, so yeah, I'm, that's what they're. I guess for I'm the sorry. first couple of years they're going to be talking about. He's going to be uh, basically it'll just be a warehouse because he has to done it. He has to do a ton of work inside because basically it's been stripped of of everything you know inside that okay. old thing. So yeah, I didn't yeah. know much about it. I mean, I heard from you and heard from Frank about. It, and I'm very excited that. You know, hopefully they'll be manufacturing them there, and so hopefully bringing some jobs, which would be great. Um, and uh, I'd like to see more of it. I'd like to see more of that building, the whole die and everything. You know, yeah, yeah, and be u- utilized down there. You it, know, it's, it is. Yeah, it's right there on the river, and it's so uh, underutilized. Although Roosevelt Drive, I mean, what you on got the other side? Yes, you got bad sons. Uh, yeah. A couple of new things in there. Calvert's new building, which is beautiful. Get a little closer to Calvert's new building, I said, which is beautiful. Yeah, right. Uh, right up the street from my house. Yeah, and I, yeah. it's a welcome addition to the neighborhood. But and that was, sounds awesome. Dude what was drop. that? And it was like the Blue Royale or it something? It was the old like? Royale uh, restaurant. Okay. Um, right. Catering. Formerly was the Royale, yeah. Yes. And uh, they they went out of business. Then it was a... Uh, it was a bar antiques, for about two weeks. Antique store bar. It was a couple yeah. different things for a while. But I think um, we're, we're glad that Calvert's found a new home down there. And that's a, really a beautiful, beautiful oh, yeah. building. They so, gave us a tour down there. It was yeah. excellent. I mean... Yeah. And he could have he could have left Derby, but he... Uh, he glad he, he stayed He loves in. Derby. Yeah. Saw yeah. Brian yesterday. Oh, great, great guy. Calvert family. Great family. Great Derby family. And then yeah. going down... Uh, and I apologize for sticking in West Derby, but that's where I live. Sorry, East Derby. <laughs> Uh, when you get onto Main Street, there's Sherman's Tap House. Yes, opened up uh, a few weeks ago. And what kind of work did he do? They, and what was that before? That was it was, was uh, five hundred degrees. Five hundred degrees. Okay. And then before that was Fratelli's. Okay. So it's been a restaurant. But when um, Sean Sherman went in there, him and his wife uh, Leanne, they had to renovate the whole place. So they stripped it down to the brick. Uh, they had a spray paint artist come in and uh, decorate one of the walls and. Um, they pumped a lot of money. All new uh, walk-in coolers downstairs, sixteen taps up front, twenty taps in the back. Once they wow. get that glass enclosure ready to go, uh, he plans on doing um, uh, live bands, music. Um, the food is excellent. We did the ribbon cutting. He gave us a whole bunch of free samples that are excellent. Uh, recommend the pig wings that he has there; those are great. And another thing that he wants to do, in which I hope to kind of spread out to the other businesses, he's going to use me as a uh, guest bartender. Because in my previous life, I also bartended. <laughs> as did Andrew Backlick. Yeah, I still do, actually, on the weekends. So, yeah. so we are looking wow. probably next week, and we're going to pick a local charity. And I think I want to do team. So I got to get a hold of Diane uh, Stroman. Spoke to her yesterday. She's on board. Okay, there you cool. go. Yeah. So, Breaking news. So yeah. basically, um, you know, I'm going to do like a six to whatever closing and whatever tips I get. We haven't really hashed it out yet, but it's going to go to uh, I'm gonna push it to team. And then hopefully if the other bars in the area want to c- jump on yeah, board. Yeah, that's awesome. 
I mean, I might as well use my talents that I have here. So yeah. <laughs> the last thing I wanted to ask you about, you had mentioned uh, uh, City Hall staff and, and, and new people being in, in the mayor's office. And I have never done this in previous administrations. I never sat down and said, OK, who's working in the mayor's office? And then uh, I regret not doing that. Because then it would become, maybe uh, during the election year, it would be an issue. And I, I had never, well, I didn't, I don't know who was working in the mayor's office. Uh, so I thought we would take five minutes to talk about who you've hired, who the new people are, and their positions within uh, uh, City Hall. And uh, there's Andrew Backlick, he's right there, yep. you hired him. There's Andrew, which I was very excited when he said, uh, the night I won, he goes, yeah, by the way, I'm not moving back down south. I'm like, I need a chief of staff. And that was like a no-brainer for me right there. My uh, executive assistant is uh, Pam Gagliardi. Uh, she came over from uh, Seymour, from the school systems over there. She's first couple days were hectic in there, and now we settled right in. And what a great asset she is! She's managing my calendar and getting me onto my appointments. And, and that's the first person you see when you walk in your person. office. She's the first line yep. uh, when people come in. Yep. Stop and, by. As a matter of fact, I got her going February sixteenth, I think, for a. Uh, CCM, which is uh, Connecticut, Connecticut Conference of Municipalities. They have a conf- uh, they have a session going for uh, customer care. Hi, this is Eugene Driscoll, most likely interrupting myself to bring you a message from our sponsor, ValleyGivesBack.org. Adding a Valley charity to your estate plan creates a lasting legacy that tells future generations what causes mattered to you. Your action will inspire others to follow your lead and make a difference. With a planned gift, you have the power to impact the Valley community forever without affecting your current lifestyle. Learn more at valleygivesback.org, an initiative of the Valley Community Foundation. Plan now, give later, impact tomorrow at valleygivesback.org. We have Carmen Desenzo. All right, yeah, Carmen Desenzo. He's working downstairs in the building. I know where his. I've seen his desk. We actually no? pulled oh, you moved Car- him. Carmen's in the mayor's suite, suite now, now. Okay. Um, just because we wanted to have his own office and own right. space. And he was working in conjunction with Lindy Giovanni while she was with us. She is no longer with us. She took a job with uh, Luke's DiCarlo and Dahl, which is a local engineering firm. Um, but that process, we, we took some heat for, number one, bringing on Carmen because, oh, he's a Democrat. He ran against you. How could you? We always said we didn't care. We want Derby people. The people are dedicated to Derby. And Carmen you know, exemplifies that. Now, Lynn, who was actually you know, Mayor Dugato's sister-in-law, had been doing a lot of work behind the scenes, um, was not an employee of the city, but was an asset. Uh, and we recognized that when we came in. And the knowledge that she had uh, about the DPZ uh, plan, about 34 widening, the relationships that she forged with some of the people on the state and federal level, those things were all valuable for us in the transition. So, you know, we, we didn't really know what the transition was going to look like, but having somebody like that who was a part of the previous administration be able to usher the mayor, Carmen, and myself into some of those meetings and introduce that was invaluable. So and it says something I think about. I mean, I don't know Lynn DiGiovanni. We've emailed, but it yeah. says something about her, her character, and I guess the character yeah. of the extended oh, yeah. Degato family that she didn't. I would have walked right out. See you, no, man. No. Good luck. Yeah, she was the, happy to get. She yeah. was happy to get paid for something. I think she'd been working for free for two years. Trust me. So or more longer, four years. She was happy that we were able to compensate her for her time, and she wants to see this project move forward, and she wants to see Derby uh, develop the way that we all want to see it develop. 
club. So, you know, she had skin in the game, I guess, and, uh, and it was it was valuable to have her around. So. And then your other big hire was DP, uh, DPW. Yeah, Department of Public Works. Public Works uh, at Armino. He's a retired sergeant from Hamden. And he, was he your supervisor? He was over my there? supervisor okay. for about 17 years. So. Oh, wow. Okay. And uh, I worked with them hand in hand. We we're both reconstructionists for accidents. We did fatals, uh, serious motor vehicle accidents. So he knows how to do investigations and look at things in a different way that some people can't. He's and that's management experience. Management, obviously. supervisor. Uh, he managed the whole fleet for the department. Hamden has about 72 vehicles. So buying them, selling them. Uh, setting them up, um, the, the budgets that he had to take care of for that section of the uh, department. Um, so, I mean, he, he, he comes with a lot of experience, and his management skills is what which which really, really, really um, I appreciated on him. And like I said, working with him, I, I, I know what I was getting 100%. And uh, he was grateful to come here, and he got thrown right into the soup. Three days into it, he yeah. had a blizzard. Yeah, big snowstorm <laughs> and, right off the bat. And the foreman there, Mike Pishkinary, I mean, they work hand-in-hand hand together. So I think I got a great team in the rest of the public works department down there, all great guys and girls. And uh, I know all of them, basically most of them personally, they're great people. They're doing a great t job for the city of Derby. And these last few snowstorms, I mean, they're out there a lot of hours. And I mean, yeah. you know, Eugene, they come by your, yeah, all, your yeah, house. Yeah, Hawthorne and, Avenue is the best. I mean, everybody, yeah. you buy a house there because it's always clear. Yeah. Uh, it's just a main road. But yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and then uh, who else did I brought in? Uh, Jim Petrino as the fire commissioner, uh, Derby guy, lieutenant colonel in the army, retired helicopter pilot, former police officer, works at Sikorsky's now. Um, he was he won as alderman and then second we, ward alderman. We got talking yeah. and he's like, you know, I really would like to do that for you. You know, I'd like to do that. So he like to do both. I go, nah, I don't know, Jim. I don't think you'd be able to do both. And so he stepped back from alderman, became the fire commissioner, and there's a lot of work, a lot of work going on. You got four departments, probably 300 firemen. I think there's like 75 in each. So I mean, there, there's a lot of work in the capital with the with the fire trucks and you know. So mm. you know, so I got some good people in there and I'm uh, work with them. You know, day in, day out. So constantly getting phone calls. So it's good. It's really good. I got a good group, good, good, good staff. I got a really great staff and look forward to, you know, serving the people of Derby. And then on the legislative level, there's a, a whole new crew on the on the board of Aldermen, uh, essentially. Yes. Charlie, Sam I almost forgot yep, Charles Sampson. Sampson's name. That would have yes. been embarrassing because I've talked to the guy a million times over the years. Like when, when there were a couple of blizzards, like I had mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. under Mayor Steferi, he was the head, uh, Charles Sampson was the head of the OEM. OEM yeah. And he was he have a cot in the basement of City Hall yep. uh, for a couple of those. Absolutely. And, he, and he never chased me out. So I always appreciate how oh, yeah. transparent and open he was yeah. to a reporter. And like and he's, the, he's the president of the Board of Aldermen now, yep. is what I was trying Former to say. officer in Waterbury. And he's a officer now down at Westport. Um, you know, he's, he jumped, he jumped in with both feet on, on, uh, the president of Alderman and, uh, he's doing a great job. I mean, he's researching a lot, finding a lot of things out for us. Um, and at the last board of Alderman, salaries came up yes. we were talking about all these new hires, uh, uh, and they were, you were talking about, uh, it's, it, this is really comfortable for you to talk about how much money you're welcome. This is the, me <laughs> in the public sector and I, trust me, that's been a point of contention for, for weeks. So, 
Right. Go right ahead. So there was a proposal to uh, uh, pay Mr. Backlick $78,000. Uh, Lindy Giovanni was for work owed was about $5,600. Okay. And then Carmen DeCenzo, $25 an hour yeah, for about 20 hours a week. Hours of work, part-time job. And what Carmen is, he's an economic development liaison, uh, uh, essentially. And I wrote a story after the meeting. Basically, it came up during the meeting. There was a Democratic caucus. There had been some... Uh, uh, sort of grumbling going on before the meeting Uh, and then there was a caucus by the Democrats immediately at the beginning of of the meeting and then they came out of that and it was tabled for a month Uh, and I wrote I read uh, a memo that you wrote mayor sort of explaining your reasoning uh, for the salaries and that it would actually be about 14,000 to 20,000 I don't remember the exact number less expensive than what was being paid Correct. before. And I've noticed that uh, there's no real, when, whenever a new mayor comes in, it's, it, I guess it's outlined, the job descriptions are outlined, but everybody sort of, I don't want to use the word finagles, but everyone spreads out the money different and, and, and hires it a little bit. And the jobs, or, too. I mean, the, the, the responsibilities that Andrew's doing compared to you know what the previous administration had their people doing I mean, he's doing a lot. I mean, he's doing a lot. He's got wearing a lot of hats in that in that office. And that's there. what you had said in the memo. Yeah. You had pointed out that uh, uh, Andrew is essentially chief of staff, but he's also taking on some of that chief administrative assistant uh, duties uh, there. Yes, role. Yeah. And I guess is there anything? There seems to be no definitive way to run uh, uh, the mayor's office with those positions. Like, what, what what's the status of all this uh, now? <sighs> it's. It's going to well his his pay, it's going to the operate operating procedures uh, a sub- subcommittee. Okay, when and did they we're, need we're to go that? that. So, well, let me go back to so yeah I think, yeah go ahead. I think part of this too is that okay, granted we're new, but I take responsibility for this. The minutes, not the minutes, but the information should have been out. I I like to know what's going on. I was an alderman. I was on a tax board, and I I personally hated getting information at the last minute, opening up a packet. And I'm like, now I'm reading this. So that's you know I apologize for that. I expect it to be out there sooner, and that's one thing we, we got talking about. Department head, uh, their their reports. I want those out ahead of time. And what we're going to be planning on doing now is we're going to be emailing everything prior to the agenda to all the aldermen, so they have it. Even if it comes in and drips and, dribs and drabs, drabs yeah. they're going to get it. So at least when it comes up to that day, like oh yeah, last week I saw Public Works, I saw the police. I, I want that information coming out. Uh, one thing that was holding it up was the tower. The uh, Derby feed silo. We were waiting for an insurance certificate in order to be able to take that down. So then that came at the last minute. And it was like out of our control, but we finally got it. I mean, 20 minutes before the minute uh, meeting, we're sliding that into the uh, agenda. So they saw the okay. uh, and, certificate. And these, so for anybody like who doesn't that, know, these are agenda packets that the local legislators get before the meeting begins so they can right. do some homework and, and exactly. research yeah. what they'll be talking and about. And that's, that's one thing that I wanted to correct. So I don't want the alderman to be sitting there blindsided, which I feel like they did, and I'm glad they tabled it. So now I, I want them to have the information. I want them to know what his duties are, what his responsibilities are, and, and I'll let him shadow him to see what he does all day. He does a lot of work up there, and he's getting the city government moving forward. So, And that's why I think he deserves what, he, what I recommended. So, And that, like I said, it's going to be up to the alderman, so hopefully uh, they'll agree with me. Do you, okay, so there hasn't been any pushback on on the on the price, uh, the seventy eight grand. No, I don't think it's been about the money. I think it was more about the information. And what happened was, uh, without getting too into into detail, we provided more information at the last minute that we thought was um, 
in line with basically what we found out is that the chief administrative officer position and the chief and the chief of staff position were adopted in 2005 and per ordinance were both supposed to start at 68,000 but those starting salaries were to raise concurrently with the police contract if you so were if a to police officer gets a raise, the administrator right. in the so city hall gets you a raise, go, which is, there's a bunch of those in Durham. Right. right. So if you go from 2005 to non-union now. Non-union jobs are connected to union contracts. Which is strange. It's strange. We have a lot of that mm. stuff we're ironing out. on. We have union negotiations this year with all the departments, and we're, we're, tr we're chasing down and realizing, why is this connected to this? There's some really, really strange arrangements. But this, that being said, the those two salaries now, if you were to – technically do the, do follow follow the way that they're written my starting salary would be 98,000 as would the chief administrative officer so we're talking $196,000 combined for a job that right now Carmen Desenzo and I are doing for a combined 104 so the, the, what what it should have what the what the memo probably should have said was we are saving the city $92,000 that would have maybe read better than all this, we put all this minutia in the packet at the last minute, and the alderman said, "Well, I never saw this before." But really, at the long and short of it, was that's what it said. So, um, it, it, one thing uh, is curious to me, and actually, Leo Moscato, who used to be uh, the, the head of the parking authority, mm -hmm. oh no, he was the executive director. He was an employee of right. the, the city. He had pointed out on, on one of our things that, well, the, the, really, the mayor Derby does have that strange thing where the mayor's part time. Which seems to be, I don't. It seems weird. It does. Because it's it a, really it's, does. It's not job. a yeah. It's yeah. not a full time because it's not a part time job cause anymore. Because who could raise a family and come to work? Oh, I don't know if you want to say this in front of two reporters for a salary <laughs> of forty five thousand. You know, have a house and cars and all that. <laughs> uh oh, Eugene, throwing his hat in the ring. But you know, it, it's it, it. Should it go up? It, it probably should because you're basically just getting. Retired people coming in that are it severely able to limits. It, it, there your you go. It limits pool for, it for mayor. It really from does. From what I've heard, you do know. you think that's something the alderman would ever uh, take up? And the other thing is, why two years? That's ridiculous too. Exactly. And I'm editorializing here. No, you're absolutely right. It, it, I mean, I'm already what six weeks into this, and I'm like, wow. <laughs> like, we we have so much to do, and I'm like. You know, the next elections around the corner. So and like, what Moscato was man. pointing out, you have this uh, a situation where essentially the, uh, the 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 mayor is paid less than his right hand man right. or woman. Or all, is, you know, look at if you compare it to all the department heads in the city, look at the, the director of public works, who right. you know the well, the outgoing one yeah. was making more than ninety. You know, we have a lot of we have a lot of the PD. A lot of those guys are making with overtime well into the hundreds. Yeah. Um, the town clerk, you know, his salary, all the salaries are a lot higher than the mayor. Mm -hmm. Some double the mayor's. The building is, official, like I get, so. and Chris Chris LaRoque, who's a new member of the yeah. Derby Democratic Committee, also posted. Well, the median income in Derby is something like fifty grand. Yeah, when uh, is there is there a problem with the uh, you know the government paying so much better than the average? Guy or gal who lives on Park well, Avenue. For, for my money, and I, and I saw that comment from Chris. I uh, appreciate that, by the way, Chris. The, the, the point of that is, what are those numbers based on? They're based on how many, how many people do we have that don't work? How many elderly people do we have that don't work? So those numbers are skewed. Look at, like I just said, the numbers in, within the city government and all the different department heads and different mm -hmm. city officials. Although if you look at like the Irving School, there's a high poverty rate in Derby. You can't 
right. deny that. Correct. Right, for sure. Obviously, and I understand that. But you know, what the point is, if we're going to attract good people to do the work to make the quality of life better for everybody else, the people who are making $19,000 a year and, and raising a family with state assistance and everything else, we need to be able to have jobs in City Hall that pay well enough that are going to attract the best and brightest moving forward. And this is not just for me. I could be gone in two years. I could be gone in two years, just like an NFL running back. I have a very short career here. But the next person that comes in, I hope they can... Don't, get, don't blow out your knee. I'm trying anything. not to blow out my knee in City Hall going up the stairs, up and down the stairs 100 <laughs> times a day. But that being said, I want, Rich wants, this city to move forward. If we're not sitting here in two years and you're interviewing two other guys, we hope, or guys or girls, we hope those people... Um, are giving the effort that we're giving right now. And if you if, if the money is there, you're going to attract better, more qualified people. So. Do you expect uh, opposition? I mean, one thing at that Alderman meeting, it wasn't like anybody got... I mean, there was some rumbling that I essentially... It was discussed in front of me. I, it wasn't on the record. or And then during the meeting, no one said... That's too much for the uh, chief of staff position. Do you uh, no. anticipate any? Obviously, this is the first hurdle you're encountering. Right. No, like, as I think a new it goes back to it goes back to communication. And like I said, I take responsibility for that. And if if you notice, Charlie Sampson made the motion. He was to the table one who's a Republican, who's a Republican. fellow Republican. Yeah, and you know, we're going to correct that, and we're going to talk about it. Communication, transparency. I want to talk about this. What is it that you? Don't understand. Let us explain it to you, and then let's come to a happy medium. Um, because, like I said, he does a lot of work in there, and he's very, very efficient on what he does. And he, he took like he took on a lot of responsibility in that place. He's constantly running around, so he's doing a lot. And I think he should be compensated for it. Okay, uh, I'm out there too. I'm running around. I'm, I'm comfortable with what I'm, I'm getting paid. That's what it's in the charter or the ordinance, whatever it is. But you know, I'm comfortable with it. You know, it's my lifestyle. So, um, you know, we just want to get Derby forward. I want to just continue the openness, the open communication with the alderman. And like I said, I think that's the main key. Once they they get all the information they need, it's going to go a little bit smoother. We're not going to agree on everything. I understand that. But if you have the information in front of you, you'll be able to come up with a better informed decision. So. All right. I don't have uh, any additional questions. Is there anything else that perhaps you two wanted to bring up or touch upon before we uh, call it a day? A Valley Naval Gazing, our podcast, and you can find us on Twitter at Valley Indie, Facebook.com, Valley Independent Sentinel, and YouTube, and wherever else you have an internet connection. Well, I'm gonna f- I'm gonna keep telling you when I'm gonna. Hopefully, uh, this takes off with this guest bartending, and hopefully, I can bring <laughs> Drew in with me. And I, like I said, if one a good way to to raise funds for charity, for charity and stuff. And like like Mark, the town clerk, he collects food for. Uh, St. Vincent mm-hmm. de Paul's and stuff like that. So I, I just want, I'd like to mm-hmm. do my part in, in doing some more. I do a lot with the veterans and stuff, but I think I like to do something with the city. And I think this would be a good way to um, promote our local businesses. Like, hey, the mayor's uh, serving tonight. Come on in, you know. So yeah, people a, will d- see that. It's a different d- different face. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, different sure. faces coming in there, and then you're like, hey, do like this place. I've never been here before. So the mayor goes in there. It must be a good place. So, but uh, no, that's what I'm looking forward to do. Hopefully that, that kicks off and that takes. Get some legs and goes run. I can run with that. So, but other than that, you know, I'm like first six weeks have been going pretty good. Um, we're getting a grasp on certain things, and um, I'm looking forward to the future here. And the the mayor's suite is always open. I think we, we oh, want to yeah. make sure that people know that. If you have a question, if you, if you have a problem, you know, obviously the first mm-hmm. person you're going to see is Pam. And then if uh, it needs uh, my attention and then eventually Rich's attention, we will give you that attention. And I think we have done that for the first six weeks to concerned residents. And I think everybody's been pretty happy that's 
crossed our path so far. So feel free to reach out to us if you have any problems, any issues, and, and hopefully we can remediate them. I, I prefer if those questions and problems and complaints don't go through social media and no, through Valley Indy comments. No, keep it's, Valley it's fun reading, but uh, come right to us. We'll, we're, I'm, I'm more than more than willing to. I, I got conversa- kids to feed too, Andrew. Chris LaRock, <laughs> let's meet for coffee. We'll talk about it. So I want to say uh, thank you, Mayor Zekin. Uh, for coming on, and, and maybe we can do this in another month or oh, another absolutely. two months, wherever let, it fits into your schedule. Let us know, Eugene. I really appreciate this. I like to get my uh, you know, my voice out there and my vision, what I want to do. So thank so you. I, I appreciate that. And uh, Mr. Backwick, thank you uh, so much for coming on and for being open uh, from the first time we emailed. So I do appreciate that as well. Thank you. All right. Uh, for valleyindy.org, this is Eugene Driscoll saying see you next week.